Hello and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters, a podcast discussing everything Star Wars 5e. My name is Todd, I've got Tegan here, and we're looking forward to jumping into hyperspace with you. Let's go! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dungeon Jedi Masters podcast, season three, episode number eight. Tegan, how are you doing? Doing pretty well. Hoping spring gets here a little sooner, but uh, enjoying some good Star Wars content while I wait, I guess. Yeah, it's definitely taking its time where we are, but uh, hopefully it'll be here soon. And uh, it is, you know, maybe Star Wars week. Uh, this Wednesday is May the 4th. I hope uh, you guys in the community have some. Oh, actually, you do have some good May the 4th plans. Uh, I know Todd has something special coming up May the 4th. Yeah, uh, we will touch on that. I've got a new uh, actual play premiering that day. So, uh, but yeah, if if you all have anything out in the community that you're doing, we'd love to hear about that as well. So thank you all for being here for this episode. Today we have uh, Ray Zombie on to talk with him about his experience in Star Wars 5e and tabletops. Uh, So we're going to bring him on later, of course, to have a chat. You may uh, know Ray as uh, Hugo from the Scattered Choices Dungeon Jedi Masters Theater series. So, and he's usually around the Discord as well, showing off his really cool cinematic intros that he creates for his game. So, we'll we'll talk about that stuff later. As always, be sure to check us out DungeonJediMasters.com for access to all of our content. This podcast, uh, our YouTube channel, uh, Twitch channels for live actual plays, Twitter, Instagram, and of course that Patreon to support us. Uh, If you'd like to support what we do, that is the best way. And uh, we do have some new members uh, to shout out. So at Tier 2, we have uh, Yaya, Eric, and Octus. And uh, Tegan, at uh, Tier 3, we have an upgrade. Yes, we've got uh, Unity upgrading from Tier 1 to the Tier 3 package. So thank you for the support. Absolutely. And so uh, Unity will gain access to content a little bit earlier and also access to the play-by-post games that we put together if they want. Uh, And then along with Tier 2, at release of this podcast here Tuesday, uh, all the Patreon members will get access to our exclusive content, and today being uh, the Time Marches On document, uh, which is how to make a continuous living world. So this is going to uh, build on what I've been doing in the last few with creating uh, groups and and factions in your world, and now we're going to um, give you some ways to help Uh, keep track of what they're doing regardless of what the party is doing so maybe it is an evil an evil group uh, evil faction and they're just going to carry out their plans regardless of what the party does so show you how to deal with that and uh, how that can create uh, some fun situations in your campaign outside of patreon uh would also uh, mention our youtube uh tegan we recently did draw for our custom adventure and uh, one of our patreon members cakeman89 won that yeah, so we've actually uh, talked to him a little bit, got a little bit of his ideas for the adventure, and I, I think this will be a fun one. So uh, definitely looking forward to what we collaborate with. Absolutely, yeah. The, the initial concepts so far sound great, so super excited to bring that one. And yes, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Wednesday, so tomorrow, May the 4th, uh, will be the premiere of Hut Space Adventures Chapter 2. So I have a brand new group coming in for three more episodes as we continue to explore Hut Space. So that'll be on my Twitch channel, Todd Moonmounts, at 8 p.m. Eastern Time this Wednesday. Uh, so check that out. And then 
get some more Star Wars content on Thursday uh, for Vagrant Freighters Episode 3. That'll be on our podcast channel here. So check all that stuff out uh, and have a great, wonderful Star Wars week, of course. I believe that's everything on our end. There are two new releases for the Star Wars 5e system, so we will touch on those. First up is a long-awaited species, uh, the Pantorans. So the Pantorans, a species native to Pantora, a moon orbiting the planet Orto Plutonia, and of course very recognizable by their blue skin, uh, often many coming with yellow eyes as well. For the species build, uh, they come with an ability score increase of Charisma plus two and choice of Intelligence or Wisdom for plus one. So definitely a good species to pick up if you want to do something a little more social built. They have a cold adaptation, advantage on constitution saving throws made to avoid exhaustion due to extreme cold. You have proficiency in the lore skill with their cultured feature. Uh, next, they have Impose Order. As a bonus action, you can command each ally within 15 feet of you to move up to half that ally's speed as a reaction. Does not provoke opportunity attacks, and once you use this, you can regain it in a short or long rest. They also have Negotiators. Advantage on persuasion checks meant to negotiate terms or agreements between parties and organized your society values organization and as such you're good at making good use of the space provided when you are in charge of packing a space such as a vehicle or a cargo hold that space's carrying capacity is increased by one-fourth its base capacity quite the uh specific little feature there but could come in handy and then uh, last main feature here is political guile you are proficient in persuasion or deception your choice one of those so definitely some good stuff there uh, all over the place and as uh, as i said definitely a very requested species so it's finally made it to the list and this has been written by the species guru heresy of course so check that out tegan there is a another release which is some equipment uh updates for exotic weapons uh, yeah, so uh, another cool one, though. Uh, exotic weapons are a fun one. Uh, this one is basically some new rules for uh, adding weapon properties that kind of go against or break the mold. Uh, so there's a couple, uh, basically with the exotic weapons, before we go over what they can do, there's a couple of different ways you can gain proficiency in them. Uh, but in order to get them, sometimes your species may grant them, like with the uh, the the bow rifle. Uh, other times you may need to take the exotic weapon training feat uh, to be able to pick those up. But either way you pick them up to be able to gain the proficiency with them, you need to be proficient in all the simple and martial weapons within that category. Uh, so for instance, if you wanted to pick up the IWS blaster, uh, you would need to be proficient in all simple and martial blasters before picking that up or be able to gain that exotic weapon proficiency. Uh, so just something to keep in mind, but the nice thing with them is they do some pretty cool things depending on which path you go with them. Uh, there's two types of exotic weapons, one being uh, modal. Uh, and what the modals do is they can switch between different of kind of weapon uses. Uh, so I use IWS, IWS, for instance. That's like uh, if you're with uh, Republic Commandos, that's the blasters they use. Uh, so with this, you can have a blaster and you can switch it from the blaster rifle to a grenade launcher to a sniper rifle. Uh, so kind of all that functionality within the one blaster. And that's one of the exotic weapons you can choose on that side. 
So uh, yes, with that, you can switch between the different weapon properties uh, or different modes within the weapon, just using your object interactions. That's a nice thing too, uh, as it lets you kind of make some decisions on the fly. If you want to get some distance and sniper somebody, you're able to do that and then still flip back to the grenade launcher or blaster rifle. Uh, so this gives you some fun things to do in those number of different modal weapons like that, uh, that just allow you to get some flexibility and a little bit more kind of variety to whatever blaster or weapon you're utilizing. Uh, the other one outside of modal is the specialized trait. Uh, and this one's pretty sweet if you had like a particular type of build you wanted to go for. Uh, but the specialized weapon allows you to bypass some of the core rules for making an enhanced weapon. Uh, for instance, like if you had uh, something with the keen property, uh, traditionally you can only stack up to three of the keen property on one weapon. If you had a specialized weapon, you could go up to four for that. Uh, so it lets you a little more flexibility if you had a certain build you wanted to go for and just really uh, make sure you're kind of going all the way with that. It allows you to do that uh, and just have some fun with it. Like a good example of uh, one of the specialized weapons uh, is if you wanted the the rad rifle. Uh, and what that does too is it bumps your disintegration up to 15 uh, and you can up it up in a little bit more with enhancements. Uh, so that way people, if you knock them unconscious or knock them down to zero HP, I should say, uh, they've got to make that DC 15 uh, constitution saving throw to be avoid having their body be disintegrated. So definitely some fun to have with that. And there's a lot of different properties you can stack up with them too. Uh, the nice thing too with this, because they, they kind of give you a, a good list of some exotic or weapons you can choose from already, but they also give you the kind of the rules to generate an exotic weapon whether it be a modal weapon or a specialized weapon, uh, just to kind of go through and build that out and be able to bring it to your table or bring it to your DM for approval. So check it out. I think it's some cool stuff you can come up with uh, using those new rules. Awesome. Yeah, sounds like it. Uh, as, as we've said many times uh, before, customization in Star Wars 5e is, is very vast, and this just further adds to it. So check that out and the Pantorans when you get a chance uh, for your next adventure in the galaxy. I believe that's everything on our end. So we're going to go ahead and bring Ray in here and chat with him about Star Wars 5e. All right, everyone, we have Ray Zombie with us. Ray, hello. How are you doing? Hello. Uh, I'm good, man. It's, uh, it's good to see y'all's faces uh, in real time. I've, I've listened to y'all uh, speak about uh, all this stuff for a considerable amount of time. Uh, Do we look so like cool. we sound? Uh, honestly, T Tegan. Tegan, you're not white. I didn't know that. <laughs> I'd say the Star Wars fan talking about TTRPGs. So yeah, it's a <laughs> it's a hard bet to land on on that one. Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> I was just I was just like, who's this dude? Oh my god! And I, you know, I got happy. You know, here we are. <laughs> Diversity is a great thing in tabletops, and uh, yeah, sure let's, is. quick plug. Tegan, you did a video on that uh, recently, oh, sure. so if you haven't checked that out, go uh, watch uh, his video on diversity in tabletops. So. Uh, yeah, so Ray, welcome. Uh, as we're doing today, we're going to just talk about, you know, your journey in tabletops and whatnot. So, you know, start us off right at the bat. Uh, you know, when did you first get into tabletops? What were those first tabletops uh, that you got into? So when you say tabletop, I'm so new to everything, I think, right? Uh, tabletop to me is like, like, the only thing I know about is tabletop RPGs. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I guess like board games, that's, that's tabletop, right? Technically, yeah, yeah. Technically, yeah. Like, I don't know. I have a friend group here in Austin, uh, where I'm living at, where I'm from, uh, where we've been playing board games for uh, a long time. And like, these friends of mine are like super 
super into board games and like they got me into board games and uh honestly like it was just it was just a lot of fun to play these board games i never really messed with that aside from like monopoly and stuff like that when i was a kid uh but then you know intricate board games started coming out and they started buying it and i started playing with them and uh uh, my first real experience with something that is, uh, I guess, equivalent to the idea of like what D and D or Star Wars Five E is, is uh, King's Dilemma, and uh, I don't know if you guys have played that. No, that's nope. like a, it's a game where like uh, there's six of you, and you're all uh, you're all like advisors to a king, and it's a it's like a generational game. Like you'll play a session, like like D and D, you'll play a session, and then the next time you play, you're you're playing a new generation of uh of the council who is advising the the king, but you're like still uh tied down to your ancestral uh debts. So like in in King's Dilemma, one of my one of my uh choices at the very beginning was like abolishing slavery. And I was like, Yeah, like abolishing slavery is dope. And then like I guess like ten sessions later, like that came back and it like it really affected where we were at, at the game at that point. Um, and like I, I fell in love with that, and everybody cool. had a good time. Yeah, and and it was my first experience of like playing a, a game that would affect, would be affected by the games prior. And um, previous to that, I I did learn. I I had like played a little bit of D and D, uh, like a session or two, and I guess that's like a super common thing where you'll start and then immediately it like drops off, and everybody like can't schedule together and do all that stuff. I remember paying fifty bucks to the dm uh because we were trying to get like books and stuff and i'm like yeah of course i'll pay you 50 bucks and then never we never played again oh, um, man, that's rough <laughs> yeah so i've always wanted to play uh D because one of the first experiences i had was being an orc and one of the coolest things i was told while we were fighting was the dm like looked at me like i i rolled well and it was enough to kill the the goblin or whatever it was and the thing that threw me for a loop was that she looked at me and she goes, uh, okay, like describe how you kill him. And I was just like, what do you like, what do you mean describe? She's like, yeah, make it up. Like you did, you rolled like really high. So you're going to kill him really well. How do you do it? And at that moment I was like, oh man, like it's just a story you get to like say and you get to create with people. And I was so hooked on it from, from that second. And to just not play after that, like really hurt. Oh man. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, so then so King's Dilemma was was happening and and during that time I found out about uh about Star Wars 5e and like I'm super into Star Wars so that's like uh I, I'm great like transition, people meme, yeah. Yeah, and people meme a lot about like the the prequels and like how politically heavy they are but like I I love that so much. And when I was a kid I would play I played Kotar and uh my favorite mission is when when you I, forgot, I think they're called Sarah Lucas where you go to that water planet and oh, you essentially I, become yeah. a lawyer for for this trial that happens and that was my favorite mission was just you know piecing together this this uh this dude's story and trying to get him out of uh out, out of jail or something like that so i always loved the political aspect of it um my my degree in college i got was uh was uh american history uh so i've always been into like that kind of stuff and uh essentially just like being so into the story of Star Wars and like the political aspects of it and all that stuff, I I I found Star Wars Five E and I thought that maybe like I could like put my knowledge into that. And while we were playing King's Dilemma and we were nearing the end, I was like, hey, like, what do you do? You guys feel like you would play like the Star Wars thing with me? Because no one else likes Star Wars to the degree that I do, right? Uh, and has like a 
I don't like it sounds like I'm uh bragging but it's so nerdy like no one has like the the knowledge of star wars that yeah. i do i see that uh, a lot you know we do see people like man we're really into this but our friends aren't into star wars you know how to you know but but you could still you know you're still playing a game and right yeah 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 so it was just um it was just like it was honestly like maybe like eight or nine months from finding out what star wars 5e was to then like joining i guess joining like the reddit the subreddit finding the discord from there and finding like other communities from that uh and eventually you know like almost a year after that i i was i gained up the enough courage i guess to uh actually dive in and start playing like the star wars version of dnd yeah i mean we've seen uh, all your postings uh you know of course you know with with your background in in video production and things you've amazing uh trailers so you're your uh, players are definitely uh, blessed to have that and, and uh, some of the minis and, and landscaping stuff you've done. So I think uh, I think it's fair to say, you know, from a lot that you and I have talked, uh, you know, I know you've came to me for a lot of advice. And, and I think all those ideas have been very sound in, in you know, the way that you go about it. Um, so, you know, I'd definitely say that, you know, it sounds like you've picked it up very well. Oh yeah, no, thank you. And um, and to your point, like yeah, I I, I listened to you guys uh, a good amount. Or, like once I once I started like learning how you play D and D, um, I attribute a lot of like how I run stuff um, with Matt Coville, because uh, I found him uh, on YouTube. One of the first uh, videos I I came across uh, was him describing his videos not being a set of rules, but more of like philosophy of D and D. And he went into talking about how uh, this is like back in like 2017 or something like that. So this was before like a lot of like the um, the the online like uh, movements to you know inclusivity and all that stuff. And he was he started off his series essentially saying like go to a local library and like look around. You know you have people like multicultural people just hanging out in your library. You introduce that in your D and D campaign. Don't just like let it be like a, a bunch of white males walking around. Like introduce right. women, introduce minorities, you know, stuff like that. Uh, so I watched that and I was like, oh man, like I I like that. So I started watching his stuff and you know philosophy of D and D kind of stuff. Once I felt like I had a better grasp of that, I started like looking more into, I guess like the rules or like how how Star Wars Five E works. And that's when I found y'all's podcast. Um, and you guys were uh, talking about like breaking down like the classes and such um and breaking down uh even even just my new things like how to like build a character sheet like what does that mean uh so being able to like see your youtube channel and do all that stuff and like be able to like process that was uh, really helpful so then uh actually being able to speak to you like super helped it super like made this uh very possible for me awesome yeah great to hear you know we we always love that feedback and i think like you know tegan i know you've been playing for longer than I have. I've been it now for as long as we've been doing this good three years or so. And it's, you get almost so removed that you forget that there's still people out there that they come to this brand new and they look at that character sheet and it is, you know, it's a foreign language to them. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I ran a one shot uh, a couple months ago with some of my friends from uh, college. Uh, and I forgot like how intimidating the website could be with all like uh, the hundred species and all the different classes. And I was like, we're going through it. It's just one of those things that as we kind of grown up with the system, it just kind of adds a lot of different things and it can be a bit overwhelming to see it all at once with fresh eyes. Yeah. So I think, you know, that's definitely been one of our goals is, is with all of that information, you know, can we hopefully make it 
digestible for those new players, you know, and I think we're doing all right in that regard. So, but yeah, no, I think you are. Yeah. Like overwhelming is like, that's not even the word, man. Like that, just going to that website and first seeing like a rule book and I'm like, all right, cool. Like I got to read this whole thing. And then there's a, you know, wretched hives and then there's stars of yep. the galaxy. And then I found out there's, there's a GM binder and then they have, you know, a whole other, like four other monster manuals just hanging out in there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think, overwhelming in the sense that like i wasn't aware that pretty much like the player's handbook is essentially just like a foundation it's just like here are the building blocks to the game and and that's really you know that's still geared towards a player not even a gm yeah yeah and it wasn't until i went to the discord i'm like i'm just like you know if i in a video game you go into a room and you find like a uh you open up a chest and and you have find a weapon and i'm just like how do how do you do that in in D and D? Uh, and uh, I think like I, I and the the Star Wars Discord, the Star Wars Five Discord. Uh, someone I asked, and someone was like, "Oh, like look up loot tables." I'm like, "What's a loot table?" And that that opened up so much uh, in terms of like opportunity because then I realized that everything in this game is essentially crowdsourced. If if somebody wants to get uh, you know some kind of weapon or something like that. Uh, you go to the community and you're like, hey, like, I know someone else has had this question. You know, what what did you use? And uh, more often than not, someone's like going to see your question and, and help you out, especially in the uh, in the uh, the Dungeon Jedi Masters uh, Discord. That's a good one. That's great to hear. That's one of my favorite things with the Star Wars 5e community as a whole is like uh, just with the being a crowd source project, crowdfunded project, and just all the different crazy things people come up with and the willingness to jump in if somebody needs a, a stat block or an item block to come in and either help make it for them or just bounce ideas at the very least. Yep. Yeah. It's all about that transition as you start off, as you said, Ray, like, okay, somebody else probably has done this. And then I think eventually you, you, once you get your own feet wet, then you start doing that stuff yourself and, and then you just kind of take off and, and then maybe you're the one answering those questions for somebody else down the road. So absolutely. So obviously uh, you've played with me uh, in Scattered Choices as uh, Hugo and uh, that was an engineer. Um, and then uh, you're upcoming as Triple uh, OK or Triple, yeah, Triple OK, the uh, droid politician, which is a scholar. Either of those two, or you have something else that's a favorite class from Star Wars Five E. I don't know. I think there's a, there's a weird weird thing I think that's been happening as I've grown up. Uh, when I was a kid playing RPGs and stuff, like I was, I'd always make somebody that I would want to be. Like a the the easiest thing would be like Skyrim. Like I always make like a big burly barbarian looking dude, and he would have long hair and he would have a beard and and all this stuff. And like growing up. Uh, I've started to like get away from that. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to be a different version of me. I've I've just been trying to like pick things that I do not like associate myself with. Mm-hmm. Um, one of uh, one of the things I started doing. I started playing a bunch of like uh, like Mass Effect. I started playing uh just just women characters. Um, in Cyberpunk uh, twenty seventy seven, like that whole run was just um through through a woman character and just like trying to play it differently. Um, so being able to one Hugo, uh, was completely different than what I am. I, I, I made him, I portrayed him as like a, like a, like a weak willed, like really influenced, like influenced dude who was just trying to like find like acceptance. And I was able to, it's weird. It, D and D is kind of like therapy. Cause like I was able oh, yeah. to, 
I was able to inject like some of my own personal stuff through him and it made it better. And I, it, it sucks only got to play, you know, like the six games or whatever. Cause I felt like I could have like ran with that dude for such a long time, but you know, you know, being able to like, I'm talking engineer. to the I'm talking to the network execs about uh, you know, <laughs> about season two. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, man, like uh, being able to run through him and like you know using tech stuff and not not trying to to fight you know not trying to go back to the burly character who fights up front, the tanky character, and then triple OK. Like I deliberately said, like how can I make this dude not be good at all at fighting? You know, give him the worst dexterity, give him the worst strength, make him rely only on 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 his mind and his wits and his ability to like talk to people. And if I, I understand, you know, if I get in a fight, then like, I'm probably not going to do well. Uh, except, you know, in our, in our pre fight thing, I got to throw a rock and that did really well. It was, yeah, it was, it was a good <laughs> shot. And yeah, I think that's, that's more what I look towards now. It isn't so much like, what is my favorite class? It's like, what can I do? Mm-hmm. That's completely different to who I am or what I, what I do uh, on a daily basis. And it's cool that like, you know, D and D and Star Wars Five E and stuff like you just you just have that opportunity to just play through that, and I think that's like super super valuable. For sure, and yeah, don't discount rocks. As my invasion crew will tell you, like rocks are pretty OP when it comes to it. Improvised weapons, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I I love that Ray. That you know, it's not about the class; it's about what you want to do as a character, and then you then you pick. You know, the class is 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 the wardrobe that you wear because it fits what you're trying to do. Um, you know, I think even then, like like Hugo did that, the the transformation that Hugo went through in that show in Scattered Choices was was like one of the coolest things to witness as as the DM, as the narrator of that series. Um, you know, and I, I think that was so cool. Yeah. Um, it it was through that, that series because um, that was the first time I ever played the game. Yeah, uh, right. with you, and I when I when I started playing, I was like, I have to take like a lot of mental notes because I I don't I was a I GM'd one game before I played with you, I think one or two games, and of Star Wars Five E, yeah, Star Wars Five E, yeah, okay. um, before before I played with you, um, and that's where I saw like the the value of like like what makes a good GM, what makes a good DM. It's like being able to like let players like go through that metamorphosis and like giving them opportunities because like you were putting things down in in story-wise uh for me to just grab onto because i wanted to because i was just like i i made it clear that he had like some kind of like weird daddy issue with 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 his father and you picked up on that and then you created an opportunity for like uh you know the handshake or or the handshake that turned into a hug yeah um it's so minute and so small, but like it's just it's just so cool that like that you are able to to pinpoint that and say that's that's a story narrative that I that I want to like explore and letting the player do that. Uh, so that was like my biggest uh, learning experience from that. Awesome, yeah, super cool. I mean, that was such a great experience, uh, you know, with with you and Candace, and definitely hope to do it again here soon. So. Shout out! Shout out to Candice who who taught me like what role playing is. She was amazing. Uh, she if she's listening to this. She gets to this like oh man like that, you you taught me a lot about DMing GMing. She taught me so much about about playing the game. I was like I was getting I was eating good during that uh that that series. Played my first game with her. Uh, oh yeah, this this week Monday. Um, I forgot what the date with that would be. And yeah, she killed it. She's amazing RP here. Yeah. 
It always helps, you know, having having people with you that that can help, uh, you know, because I think you feed off it. You know, you might come in, you know, I don't necessarily feel I'm the best role player, um, but you you get with other people that can help you and, and kind of open up and, and bring you out. I think you're going to, um, you know, you're going to have a much better time. So, like, I think, you know, if if anyone out there feels that same way about themselves and, and maybe a little reserved or whatever, you know, maybe like if you open up, maybe somebody else opens up and then you're going to start feeding off each other at the table and, and you'll be surprised uh, what comes out of that. You know, I think going back to what you said about your, what got you hooked, Ray, when you got to describe that first kill in Tegan, in Tegan's first game, in my first game ever of, of Star Wars 5e, we were at our game shop. And I remember one of the other players told me, like describe that. What does that look like? You know? And I was exactly like you said, and I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. And it was just, and then these other players who had experience, they brought that energy. And then I, I started to loosen up and, and uh, yeah, then, you know, that chemistry was built amongst the party as a whole. And it was just from there, you know, just hooked and it was a good time. Yeah. And, and like what I found through, through all this stuff, it's, it's very, uh, very vulnerable to, to role play. Can because be, you're yeah. like yeah you're putting yourself out there and like you know we're not i'm you know i'm not like a an actor uh and i just at, at points i'm just like all right cool like, let me just like fall into this character because like i don't know what else to do and being able to be in a space where everybody around you uh accepts that and and not only accepts that but then like encourages it and then they role play uh then you go back and forth like that's that's like beautiful chemistry and being able to find like, a group that uh, allows you to do that that's i got super lucky with the people i'm playing with like uh they're all my friends that just said yeah we'll play with you and uh i just i just 100 percent got super lucky that the fact that they're they're all like we're already like an accepting group of people we already like each other we already talk to each other in real ways that when we play we just uh we're able to naturally like give each other confidence and right and the safe space to just be able to to make things up and then everybody one of the best things that we do, uh, almost I try and do it after every end of the game where I'll leave some time where we just like throw words of affirmation at each other. It's like, hey, like, what did you think about the game? What was a cool thing that happened here or there? And uh, oh, yeah, yeah, it's just like constantly like just making sure that the person who's who's role playing or whatever, they're doing a good job and that you're applauding that because that's it's super hard and super vulnerable to do. I think uh Colville, I, th I think it was Colville that touched on that. And it's, it's rather than at the end though, you like at the beginning of letting the players do the recap Yeah, and, Tegan, does that sound familiar? I know. I think so. I think he's mentioned that before. Yeah. It, basically I think the concept, whether it's him or somebody else, but you let the players do a recap and then that helps you as a GM understand what do they remember? Yeah. What do, what do they, what do they remember? What did they think was cool? Things like that. And then that's what you kind of focus on. So I think you would pull some of that out of, out of the end recap that you do as well. You know, other, there's just the general, as you said, affirmations in a thing, which I think is amazing, but that also could be, you know, utilized as a tool, as a D, uh, as a DM GM to, to pick up on what really stood out. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Like I, I do do the beginning part where I say like what happened last time to pick up on like what they thought was cool. And like this, this previous session we just did, it was, it was awesome. Cause it was just role-playing. Like we just sat down and they, they essentially found a home base cantina and, uh, then they all sat down and, and for two hours, they just talked to each other and explained like what's going on, what the plan is, all that stuff. And I just sat there and like listened 
and was able just to like you know take notes of what they thought was important uh which i think is like probably like the when, when you when you've done a good job i think is when you're able to just like sit back and just like let the like all the players just play without you having to interact or interject or do anything and because it just means like they're into the world and like you did and like you, you all created that together and that's that's super awesome I understand. You definitely have the buy-in at that point. It's kind of cool to see where they kind of wind up taking the story at that point, too. So yeah. A lot of times they may pivot into a completely different direction and just kind of make a whole different synergy than you'd expect. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Absolutely. So, uh, Ray, let's let's switch over a little bit to to your campaign. Tell us about your current campaign that you're running. What's, uh, you know, what's been the synopsis, things like that? Had to think about it. We're, we're 12 sessions in uh of full games but i've also done one-on-ones uh which is another matt Cole thing I, I picked up on where he's like play play D with one person or two people and like you know uh every every time everybody's playing it's an avengers movie or marvel avengers movie but each time you play with with uh a player by themselves or two of them by themselves and they're they're doing their own solo movie that then leads up to the avengers style movie um so i've done uh, 12 sessions with everybody and I've done uh, somewhere between 6 to 12 individual D&D sessions or d we call it D&KD for Dungeons and Crate Dragons which I don't okay, think is original nice. but but uh, we've, we've been playing that and uh, uh, it's it's set in it's set a year I think I can't remember I, have, I wrote a whole thing I wrote a whole like cheat at the very beginning where it's like this is where it's set um, it's set like a year before um the original trilogy begins so i set it in that time frame because I, I i super love like the political aspect of that time frame where the empire is is doing all this stuff uh, i i set it in in uh like unfortunately fortunately it's in tattooing um mostly because i like jabba and i like the political struggle that jabba uh and his his folks are having against the empire and like how much they let the empire do something without like you know undermining their their authority stuff like that um i set it in that era for the inquisitors to still be around but not be prominent and uh essentially it starts off i started off with like, instead of it being like a i, I think everybody's like don't start in the tavern and stuff like that because of whatever um so i, I kind of took that advice but i forced them into uh, into a dungeon and i said you all wake up and and essentially you're on korriban um and you're in a Sith temple, and it's and that's the the only thing that you see is a Sith temple. So they all walk to Sith temple, and then in that temple, they were able to go through uh, challenges and stuff like that. And uh, at the very end, uh, I hope they don't. Well, I hope they don't. If you're don't listen to this, if you're playing this campaign, um, <laughs> uh, they fight. They fight a pretty important dude that I, I don't think they're ever going to see again unless they we play for like another two years. Um, and uh, the, that dude like beats them up like terribly, and then they wake up, and they're all like in this prison cell uh, on a ship, and they're just like, it's just, it's just, they're just going like through space, uh, and it turns out they all got captured, and I like I had them all write like a backstory, like what were you doing before you got captured, I'm, like why did you get captured? You don't know. That's that's the point of this you know being captured thing, um, and. Um, it's cool. We have a uh, we have a cameo known, which I think is awesome because like uh, I, I incorporated a lot of like um, the fact that you know there were there were scientists uh, 
the uh the Mandalorian like it touched a lot about uh about cloning right now and I think it's you know I think it leads up to maybe you know the cloning of uh the emperor and him cloning Snoke multiple times stuff like I think that's what it's leading up to and I really like that and I and I love that one of the one of the players is a Kaminoan because now I'm incorporating that you you're a Kaminoan and and you make clones and that's super important because all the Kaminoans got got killed and only a few of them got uh survived from Kamino after the Empire destroyed it and uh now you're one of them you have a uh, Mira Luca who's uh force sensitive um has used the force trained under uh Prosit Dibs um from the comics and I think maybe no he's just from the comics and um that uh, uh she's playing he um and he's like dealing with you know what what is the light side was the dark side stuff like that uh we have a rishi who's a little owl dude uh he's a monk and like he's like the size of yoda and it's just super cool to have him around uh we have uh, a zeltron uh and we have a twi'lek and everybody's like coming in together uh being captured like why do they get captured and and they're trying to like piece it together uh they are with these two dudes and a dude named coldo and a dude named pradlo a rodian and uh uh what is, what is uh a keldorian a rodian and a keldorian and then they just they they get shot out of space and land on tatooine and it's just like what do you do from there uh so it's just like that era of just like a bunch of like uh scary things are all over the place yeah they're just making their way like right now they uh i the the I, i've always loved the raiders the say the the tuscan raiders i've always been a fan of them and i've always loved like the story behind tattooing and how the the the, the rakatan species came by and like laser blasted it and it was like a luscious beautiful planet and now it's like you know dust and sand um so i was super into uh uh the raiders and then book of boba fett came out and i think like the second or third episode yeah you have boba fett like dancing with the raiders and i'm like holy crap like you know, I, in, in our campaign, I set that up like, you know, three or four sessions ago for them to like. They stole do your the idea, dance. huh? Yeah, 100%. They were going to do the dance. They're going to do all this stuff. Um, and then like uh, the, the Book of Boba Effect comes out and pretty much just like gives me like a better like basis as to like how to like how to incorporate this stuff and how yeah. to use it. And um, yeah, and then there's like this, you know, uh, I, I, I have like a whole thing right now between what Jabba's doing there and what he wants, what the Empire is there and what he wants, and how Jabba's using like the Raiders, using the bounty hunters, using the Empire, like what he's trying to do, what his ultimate goal is. Um and then like I have that all conceptualized and then I have Bib Fortuna in there. And uh yeah, it's just like a lot of stuff. There's just a, a a lot of stuff in that era. It's tattooing, yeah, whatever. But um you know, it's it's been fun and uh it's been awesome that these folks that like they just they, they don't know Star Wars as, as as well as I do. They they one of them has seen like maybe a couple movies, um, and she's killing it. She's killing it as an as a role player. Um, she's a Mira Luca, and um, it's just awesome. Like being able to, I don't know, just make up stories of something that I like. I super love with people mm-hmm. that are like super cool about it, and yeah. and they're bringing in their side of the story. Like we're just all building a story together and I'm just, I'm just sitting there loving every second of it. And so it's awesome. Perfect. And I know you guys are 12 sessions in, what's been like a, a campaign highlight for you. What's been one of your favorite moments so far? Oh man. Uh, definitely the one-on-ones have been awesome. Recently um, we had um, the Rishi, his name is Wix. Uh, 
and the dude uh found uh so they're all you know they're all on the run from from the empire because the empire has they found like a thumbstick that has that contains like information on them it's encrypted they can't figure out what it is but they know like that the empire has it on them and then the this 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 character wicks this little owl like he's a monk his character is a monk and like he, he he finds a church and uh in the church there's this there's this uh woman who's like running the church and her name is Alexis. And then she's like, yo, Wix, like, let's go, let's go hang out. I can tell you're force sensitive because you said, what's the force? And I'm force sensitive, but I want to tell anybody about it. Uh, in that moment, I'm just like, how do I, how do I make this work? I'm like, oh, she was a, a, a sentinel for the Jedi and didn't agree with them and went over to go form a church in Tatooine. And uh, it, during that, they had like this like spiritual, spiritual journey where they like, they, they, consume themselves with the force and like stop time for just themselves and this works for me because like i never if you've seen star wars rebels um there's that point where uh ezra gets sucked into like the world between worlds and he's like yeah he goes like back in time to save ahsoka for a second and then like throws her back uh i never never liked uh that kind of stuff in star wars i i was i was always into the grounded star wars uh i never liked reading any of the books uh that were set post trilogy i always liked uh old republic books my favorite series is the darth bane series um but then i saw that episode of rebels and i'm like this is amazing like how do i like how do i how do i experience this for with, with you know in in uh D D. um so we had that like whole like crazy journey together and he came out of it the other side, like really like confused and like freaked out and then accidentally like told the empire essentially the entire like campaign structure and who all is there. And like, and he just ratted everybody out. And then like, it was, it was just me and him playing that. I was laughing while it was happening. He was like, what do I do? Uh, essentially he rolled, he, he meets a dude, rolls a natural 20 on charisma check. And I'm like, holy crap, like this dude loves you. You're the best friend. Like you guys start talking and then during the conversation he he's talking about uh, his party they're talking about the cameo and he accidentally says she and i and i say cool like this character just picked up on that roll me charisma if you're gonna if for the deception of it because he's trying to like back up from that and he rolls a natural one oh and i'm just like this is amazing you know uh so then yesterday we all get together and that's part of the conversation is like what did everybody do while they were you know and they're all in their solo movies and then he's just like, I ratted everybody out. And everybody just starts yelling at him, <laughs> just like very upset of what's going down. And just like, I don't know. It's just like a, just being able to see the story that you guys have put together and then seeing everybody react to something that is pivotal, pivotal and like affects everyone, but no one but one player like causes to happen. Like that, that was amazing. I love that part. Yeah, that's super cool. I mean, you know, Every player can have an impact, especially, you know, as you said, when you pull them out like that and and how it all can come together, come together so well. So yeah. awesome. Ray, uh, could talk another half hour or more with you. Uh, this has been fantastic. Uh, leave us with with one one. I mean, you've had lots of great advice, I think, through the interview so far. But uh, is there anything else you would add for for a new DM as a newer DM yourself? Um, definitely with some sessions under your belt. But what would be something you would provide to somebody else stepping into it for the first time? I guess like I would hopefully you if it's it's cliche, right? Like, you know, if, if you want to play it, like you have to do it. Um, 
but like I, I got lucky enough that I, I found a group of people that wanted to do it and like said, yeah, sure. If you, if you run it, we'll play it. Um, I essentially like I stopped like second guessing myself if I could. And then I was just like, all right, like, let's just do it. Like I, I, I can do it. Sure. Um, and then just started playing. Like that was the coolest thing was just, just stop being afraid of playing it. It's just a, it's just a game. It's just, you know, you're just making a story with your friends. It doesn't have to be super complicated and super scary to run a, run a D and D or, or Star Wars 5e campaign. Um, cause like, it's not just you making the story. It's, it's you and everyone you're playing with. Right. You're all working together to make something happen. It's not, it, it, the onus shouldn't all be on the GM or DM. It's, it's a collaboration. So, you know, I, that, I, that would be my advice. It's like, don't be afraid of putting all this pressure on yourself to play this game. Like you have friends there with you or, or just people that want to play with you. Like, you know, give up Dive in, control, yeah. you know, and, and just do it. And once everybody's comfortable, you're going to just, it's, it's all serendipitous. The entire thing is serendipitous. Like it, somebody will do something 20 sessions ago and it will come back like, you know, the next session that you play and it just it narratively it works out so beautifully because you just allowed the the thing to happen you didn't force anything to happen you didn't you didn't put it on yourself for it to happen it just it just happened because you guys were both working together to make a story happen yeah to the point of like diving in i remember a few conversations with you of asking you know am i doing this right advice and things like that and and i do remember a few things here and there where by the book probably not the way you would do it but it was still sound in in your judgments and calls and things like that there was there was nothing wrong with what you were doing you know you were still doing things and and playing the game and i think that you know something i would take out of you know talking with you is yes dive in and just do it you know there's yeah there's not necessarily a wrong way to 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 play the game you know get some basics down and and go at it and and tell that story i think that's what it's about yeah i think so i'm gonna add a second piece of advice there's a lot of rules to this game uh there's a lot of rules to DD and stuff like that and what i found out the major thing is that they don't they're not important the rules are there for foundation that you use uh but they are not like a strictly important thing that you have to follow to a t they're just guides and if you think that something is better or or is cooler and it just doesn't follow the rules like who like who cares you're just you're just making up a story it's 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 cool <laughs> like you just do whatever you want and it's fun oh yeah 100 percent. you gotta make the rules work for your table uh if you find a really you don't like it just doesn't fit the vibe you're going for tweak it and kind of just even throw it out if it's completely yeah. uh, completely off base yeah absolutely so ray this has been a pleasure we'll have to uh probably get you back and and then talk some more some other time. So uh, we will see you. So this episode airs on the 3rd of May. And the following day, May the 4th, will be the premiere of our Hut Space Adventures, where uh, you all can see Ray in action as Triple OK. So I'll be I'll be 31 that day. There you go. Happy birthday. An old man. Oh, it's your birthday, man. Easy the there. No, my birthday is May the 3rd. Oh, <laughs> I'm one day off. Awesome. Look forward to that. Again, thank you so much for uh, being here with us, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much for this, guys. I, pre- I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Oh, thanks for joining us. All right. That was an amazing conversation with Ray. Uh, we'd love to have another chat with him down the road. Uh, I think there'd be so much more to, to talk about. Uh, so.
that is going to be it for us today on this episode. Looking ahead to next, uh, as we, we kind of got behind there, uh, we're going to go back to that discussion on Wretched Hives, especially now that we've had a little bit of an update there. We talked with Steve uh, recently. So, uh, Tegan, tell us again, give us a heads up on what that's going to look like. Definitely. So there's a lot to dive into. Uh, we'll probably go a little bit in depth on some of the new weapon properties and uh, some of the new rules for the chassis uh, that uh, Galley talked about, just so you can get a good view of them and know how to really bring them to your table or utilize them if you are playing a PC. Uh, they'll probably go over a little bit more of uh, the tool rules that got expanded out to just to show you some of the different options that are available to you now. Uh, I know Steve said there could be more to come on that side, but still just going to give you a little head, heads up and a little peek on uh, what to expect when utilizing those rules with your players. Yeah, lots of great content in that rule book. So that's what we'll be touching on. Uh, in the meantime, thank you again, everyone, for your uh, support, for following, for listening, everything like that. Uh, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, uh, be sure to come out tomorrow on May the 4th for Hut Space Adventures and check out Vagrant Freighters on Thursday as well. Have it a wonderful May the 4th yourself. And we will see you on the next one. May the force be with you. Have a great May the 4th and may the force be with you.